You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Today on the Zabecast, Mickelson out at Augusta. Matt Ryan to the Colts. The big news hits keep coming. Andy Poland joins me, and we've got a list of things I need to get straight with him. So high a show dog couldn't jump over it. Plus, Urban Meyer, clueless legend, and a car wash on a rental. There's a first for everything. Your 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022. Thank you for downloading day number three of the Mesquite Cup. Full-blown yips have arrived for yours truly. Six three-putts, a four-putt today. Missed a couple of maybe one-footers, 18-inchers. I actually made a few late, which has me delusionally encouraged, which is what this game will do to you, because I think I figured it out. I actually... Uh, set up my cell phone to videotape one particular hole in which I caught one of my yeet on tape, and it well, it's ugly. It's a nasty fella. But when you can capture them live in a cage, you can see the way you look. <laughs> I mean, it's disgusting, but it's the only way you're going to help figure it out. And I, th- I think I'm on to something. I think I'm on to something. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Um. What's weird is I felt great physically, but my swing was just all over the place. Didn't feel right. And that, my friends, is the game of golf. Did you see this kid, Davis Riley, on the PGA Tour? He lost in a playoff uh, to Sam Burns at the Valspar. And he almost won the tournament by taking an eight, an eight on a par five. A snowman, a triple bogey. Nobody does that. They showed, I guess NBC did a graphic of where he hit his ball on this tree-line par 5, and it was all over the place. It was one side, left side, and they had the arcing blue shot tracer arc from like a 3D high above the uh, golf course graphic. The best line I heard was somebody said, holy shit, that looks like a map of an amusement park. (laughs) You know how they have the roller coaster that comes out of the trees in big swooping arcs and back into the trees? Very funny. Anyway, um, the golf news of the day is that Phil Mickelson is not going to play at Augusta. Wow. Wow. I mean, those of you who don't know golf or get it, this is huge. He's a three-time past champion. 
who still could, you know, he's at that age where he could, of all the majors, he could still win. If he won the PGA last year, he could absolutely win the Masters. But he's not going to play. All because he popped off to Alan Shipnuck in an interview that was recorded months ago. And what he said was not even really wrong. It just landed like a lead balloon. Now, there is rumors, scurrilous rumors, which may not be true, but it's a podcast. I can forward these scurrilous rumors on to you, is that he might have a massive gambling debt that is pushing him to join this new league, and that once that news finally wriggles free and gets into the bloodstream, it'll make the previous controversy with with Phil look like nothing. I don't know if I buy that. Just like I don't know if I buy the Urban Meyer stuff that came out on Tuesday as well. Tuesday? Wait, Monday. Today's today's Monday recording for Tuesday. (laughs) Is what happens when you're in Mesquite for a week playing golf. Trust me, by Thursday I'm going to be a zombie. What day is it? What time is it? Matt Ryan has been traded to the Colts for basically the same compensation as Matt uh, Carson Wentz went to the Commanders. Now, Carson Wentz is a lot younger, but I think most people think Matt Ryan is a slight edge up in terms of just quality quarterback play right now for the next one or maybe two years. I don't know. I think that if Wentz can somehow find it again, and I don't think he will, then that's a better trade for Washington. Otherwise, I don't know. I also don't know what Atlanta's doing. What what are they doing? I'm not sure what they're doing, but I, I, I kind of love it, actually. If they're doing what I think they're doing, which is, you know what, fuck it, we're tanking this year. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. NFL teams don't like to tank because – Even though you get certainty of draft position, there's no lottery like the NBA, there's always uncertainty as to which quarterbacks will come out any given year and if they're going to bubble up as the season wears on and once you get to the offseason, you just don't know. But tanking would not be the worst thing in the world if you're Atlanta, given that Calvin Ridley is out for a year on that gambling suspension. So Matt Ryan to the Colts. Baker Mayfield has to be moved. Jimmy Garoppolo, we assume, will be moved. Uh, Jameis Winston is closing in on a deal to stay in New Orleans with the Saints. And other than that, I think most of the major pieces have traded places. But we shall see. Okay, let's get to my man, Andy Poland. Uh, By the way, I, I need to say this. I might have blasphemed the Zoom PodTrack P4 unnecessarily. I have switched out memory cards and it appears to be working just fine. You idiot, I could have told you that. Hey, listen. I thought there's nothing wrong with the other card. There's always possibly something wrong with one of your memory cards, so you have to account for that, but it's working well today. So let's keep our fingers crossed, and as they said in Pulp Fiction, let's not start each other's just yet. And do you need me to actually fill in? what those words are. All right. Andy Poland. Let's see if I can dial his number seamlessly here. Info. Mobile. Calling. Oh, my God. It's working. Amazing. Hello. Hello, Andy Poland. How are you today, my friend? Late night for you. I apologize. 
We'll go quick, and I'll be gentle. I promise. No, it's fine. I, I had a uh, speaking engagement tonight, and uh, so we had to push the schedule for my benefit. So it's no problem. Do tell. Where was it, and to whom? Uh, it was to the Amity Club. Uh, the it's Amity a group Club. of uh, yes, it's a group of uh, Jewish men that get together and uh, do various events. They play golf. Um, you and don't. They have, do they ever? No, I, do they ever gizzer you? You know, Andy, you should play some golf. <laughs> Yes, they do, but I I don't play golf. But um, you resist their yes. haranguing. <laughs> but I do speak to their club from uh, time to time, and uh, they have uh, they have a number of pretty well known guest speakers. Tim Kirchin does it every year, and uh, a couple of other people that are uh, pretty well known around town. So it's uh, nice Good. to get out once in a while and do that. Yeah. Good. All right, I've got a long list of stuff: John Clayton, Urban Meyer, Al Michaels, Kevin Willard. Uh, March Madness stuff, Mike Francesa, Sue Palka's in the rundown today. But before I go one inch further, can you please confirm for me that the female announcer for the game the other night said, and this is what you said in a tweet, mm-hmm. don't tell me it doesn't mean something in March. Yes, this is Debbie Antonelli, who was a college basketball player at NC State in the 80s played for Yao, legendary coach there. She also was an assistant coach at Ohio University. So she's probably forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know. But she you does- know, but you know broadcasting and you know clichés. That well, is the most ridiculous straw man argument I've heard. Don't tell me it doesn't matter in March as you pointed out in your tweet. Whoever said it doesn't matter in March? Yeah, yeah. That that in college basketball Hello, that's the only time. <laughs> that's all that matters. matters. There are yeah. players collapsing in a puddle of tears in the arms of the other coach. That's yeah. how devastating so, it is. What? But that is what happens when you got, get caught in cliche land. Yeah, there were, there were a player each from Wisconsin and Iowa State skidding across the floor, chasing oh, right. down a loose ball. Right. And, 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 and she said, as they did the replay, don't tell me it doesn't matter in March. <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't tell me. Exactly. <laughs> she could have just said, this is what March basketball is all about. And that Fine. would have been perfect. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or said nothing. You know, it's television. The pictures right. tell the story. You don't necessarily have to say something. Or just less is more. Like, wow, look yeah. at the effort. Right, exactly. Uh, The game, the uh, TCU-Arizona game, was an absolute thriller with a controversial non-call at the end and a near game-winning lay-in with uh, a buzzer beater that would have been an all-timer, but the player for Arizona did not shoot the ball while running down the court. He's got a weird name. Uh, I can't remember it offhand. Hell of a player, though, and he was big in that comeback. They win in overtime, but... The game ended past midnight on the East Coast, Andy, for no good reason at all, other than television greed. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. Uh, you know, I, I understand that that they pay a billion dollars or whatever they pay to televise these games, that they want to maximize the amount of time. But yes, it's it's ridiculous. I'm sure it was fine in Arizona where they're at Mountain Time, I guess, and the two hours doesn't make that much of a difference. But yeah, that was probably the best game of the day. And I'm being honest, I didn't see it because it was too damn late. Yeah, they had. Well, who could on a school night? They had all day on Sunday to play these games all day and they play one game early 
and they clear the decks for everyone else. That was the Duke-Michigan State game. And mm-hmm. then they cram in as much as they can, and they run them as late as they did up until midnight. It's it's completely bonkers. I, I, it just drives me crazy. But I guess there's nothing that can be done about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could also look at it this way. Uh, there was a time when we had only one channel, and you were at that the mercy true. of CBS as to what game they sent you to. So at least you now have the opportunity to watch every game in its entirety. I told my Wisconsin friends here on this golf trip, I said, you know, imagine if Marquette and Wisconsin met in the tournament, how incredible that would be. And imagine if you couldn't watch the first 10 minutes because the previous game went long. That's what happened with Maryland and Georgetown about 15 years ago, remember? 2001, yep. yep. 20 That's years sweet ago. Six, sweet 16 game. Right. Sweet and, and, 16. We missed the first 10 minutes because mm-hmm. one channel and broadcast blackout rules said, okay, don't worry, we'll get to your game in just a second. Mm-hmm. Right. Ridiculous. Yeah. All right. John Clayton passes away at the age of 67 after what is called a brief illness. Sounds kind of weird to me and a little bit fishy, but may he rest in peace. He was, by all accounts, from everybody who knew him, and you knew him, one mm-hmm. of the nicest guys in sports media. Go. He was a, a good guy. And I'll tell you something interesting. He was in a business that's very competitive. His job was to beat everybody else to the story. Yet he was as helpful as anyone has ever been to fellow reporters. And, you know, he just he just had a love for what he was doing. And he just was very happy to spread information. Yeah, if he had a scoop, he wasn't going to give it to you. But he would help you to do your job. And uh, he was a regular with uh, Mel and me. Mel and I did uh, weekends together for about six years at ESPN. And he never missed a show. He was like Cal Ripken. He called from vacation. Right. And, uh, and, and just, you know, he had, he had two great passions in his life. Reporting on the NFL and his wife, Pat, who uh, is suffering from MS and has been in a wheelchair for about 10 years oh, and uh, and they never had any children, but uh, he was totally devoted to her and totally devoted to his job. And uh, it's just a shame. I, I don't know what it was. I, I haven't read anything as to what the illness was, but he was working up until a few days ago. He had uh, been reporting both in print and on radio in Denver and in Seattle on the Russell Wilson trade. So this was um, not cancer. This was not an ongoing thing. This was not that a I know of. somewhat no. sudden brief illness that took him out. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't he, COVID, was it? I don't think so. Okay. But, you know, he, he was a guy who said to other people that he was going to die with his boots on, and he did. Yeah, and he uh, did. Sadly, at a very young age. One of the toughest things is that, you know, he was in television, which is a medium for pretty people, and yep. who at least have good voices. He had neither. He had a squeaky, nerdy voice, and he looked mm-hmm. hideous. They called him the Crypt Keeper <laughs> at times. Sean Salisbury had that bit with him, which I never liked, by the way. When Salisbury yeah. would fake bully John Clayton on their four downs segment and call him the Crypt Keeper, I did not like that. But apparently the two of them enjoyed it as a bit of you know phony theater yeah. i suppose they were good good friends and and clayton had a sense of humor about himself and and probably is as remembered as for anything else as the for that slayer commercial yes exactly. that he did where he, ah, mom doing i finished my segment yes. <laughs> rest in peace peace john clayton all right do you believe these urban meyer stories now coming out the athletic with a long piece today in which they said 
Urban Meyer was so clueless about other players in the league that he once asked his team, hey, this 99 for the Rams looks like he could be trouble for us. Who is that guy? When it's all pro Aaron Donald. There was other stuff in this athletic report about him asking for uh, a celibacy pledge for players in the offseason so they wouldn't have babies during the year. And there was this special treatment for Tebow. It was wild accusations. I take all of it with a grain of salt because it smells to me like piling on. Could be, and and we don't know the context of the Aaron Donald. That could have been, you know, tongue-in-cheek sarcasm when he said it to somebody. But uh, I'll tell you this, having been through the two years of Steve Spurrier, I I think it's possible to believe that there is cluelessness coming from Urban Meyer. I really do. College coaches really are that way sometimes. Yeah, myopic. And, you know, his his job was to pay attention to what was happening in Michigan and Minnesota and, uh, you know, other schools in the Big Ten, Indiana. And and I don't know if if he, you know, really – Paid attention, you know, Steve Spurrier, there's, there are a lot of differences. He's, he's, Meyer's a bad guy. Spurrier was not a bad guy. But there are a lot of stories that are similar about Spurrier who didn't know the names of the defensive players. Right. You know, stories like that. Well, we, so we I, lived it with Spurrier, and, and these are real stories that you and I have had multiple source confirmation on. One yeah. day, one day Spurrier, on a very cold, nasty, 40-degree rainy day in, in the late season December area, uh, didn't want to go out and stand in practice on the sidelines, so he told um, uh, the Bengals head coach for many, many years, Marvin Lewis, Marvin Lewis to go yeah. run the practice, and he watched from inside above in his office window down on the field. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there were, there were things like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then stuff even he admitted to, like there was a game against uh, Jacksonville in which uh, he was. They were running the ball down Jacksonville's throat in the first half, and they were leading by two touchdowns. But then the second half, they come out and they pass, pass, pass. They lose the game, and afterwards he was asked, "Well, why did you go to such a pass-heavy offense?" And he said, "Man, I just saw the rest of the league. It was such a nice day everywhere around the NFL. <laughs> Everyone was passing it. We just kind of wanted to do some of that ourselves." He said that, Andy. He said it was a beautiful night for pitching it. <laughs> yes. Like, who gives a shit? Do what it takes to win. Oh, yeah, my God. I know. Yeah, there yeah. was that. And then there was the time you asked him on the air yeah. about how much of the playbook Rob Johnson. Their no, no, you up. asked him that. Oh, that's you right. Asked, <laughs> you, you said, how much does he know? And he said, Rob Johnson, I don't think he knows which way to turn his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then at the end of the year, you asked Spurrier, what yep. do you have to give fans hope for next year? And he said? He said, well, you know, I'd like to say something, fire up everybody, but I don't really have anything. <laughs> now, at that point, he was saying he was going to stay. He wound up coaching one more game, and then he resigned from the golf course two days later. Yeah. <laughs> Has has this Urban Meyer thing salted the earth for future college-to-pro coaches for a good long while, yes or no? No, because there will be at some point another Nick Saban. And I think at this point, I think we can probably close the book on Saban going to the NFL. Yeah. But there will be somebody like that who will want to take the chance that it does work out. Yeah. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I said foolishly that Al Michaels should be worried about maybe he won't have a chair and won't get mm-hmm. his payday. Well, I'm an idiot. He was announced today that he is going to be the voice on Thursday nights on Amazon Prime with Kirk Herbstreet, and he is going to get, quote, Joe Buck money. Must yeah. be nice. Must be nice. Yeah. And you had thought that he would not be willing to work with Herb Street. And that I know I got caught up in it. My hatred of Al Michaels now is so <laughs> intense. I can't think <laughs> rationally around him. Do you know what he's going to get paid? Roughly speaking, what is Buck getting? Buck is supposedly getting a five-year deal for seventy-five million. Okay, which would uh, be a guarantee of what twelve per year? More than that, more than fifteen per it's, year. It's, it, I think it's more than, per year. than Romo money, isn't it? I don't know. It's, no, it's, it's a not, lot of money. It's not Romo money, but it's close. Okay. Yeah. Here's what's fucking crazy. Aside from the fact that we'll watch these games no matter who's calling them, right? And that mm-hmm. they're just wasting at least ten million a year. But they could get another comparable play by play man for four million a year in a blink of an eye, right? Well, I think with Amazon this actually does make some sense. Why? Because they're they're trying to get recognized and it's they're making it more than just a streaming service. So Having Al Michaels gives it some gravitas. That I understand. Is gravitas worth overpaying by twelve million a year versus an Andrew Catalan who would be? You bump up Catalan to two million a year from one million a year. He's happy as shit. You bump up Al Michaels to what he's making. He just buys six more fucking houses. Well, look at what ESPN is doing. They're already paying more to televise the games than any other network. And between the Manning boys. And Buck and Aikman, it's going to be $50 million a year to televise 22 football games? It's nuts. And here's what's uh, – if I was a player, I'd be absolutely irate about. Devontae Adams' deal with the uh, Raiders, turns mm-hmm. out it's only – the only part that is fully guaranteed is the first year at $22.6 million. The second year is guaranteed for injury, and then there's a guaranteed for guarantee for injury and skill. So it's probably three years of guarantees at $22 million each. But when you are a player like Devontae Adams, who has had to work your ass off, and you're barely making more than Al Michaels at 77 years old, <laughs> who's going to be calling games on a goddamn shopping website, I'd yeah. be pissed. I'd well, be yeah. pissed. It's, it's, you know, it's supply and demand. Troy Aikman is going to make more money in one season than he made in his three Super Bowl years combined playing. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, also, ESPN is giving uh, a Big Ten game to Fox yeah. in exchange for letting <laughs> Joe Buck out of his contract early. 
So right. a small trade there. Uh, do you know what the Falcons are doing, and do you have any buyer's remorse that the Commanders chose Carson Wentz when they probably could have had Matt Ryan instead? Yeah, I would much rather have Matt Ryan at 37, but uh, I, I think the Commanders – well, that gets hard to say. Uh, the Commanders <laughs> – fun, Andy. Yeah. Uh, they, they were desperate. And and John Kime wrote a story about how all of this went down, including a visit by Ron Rivera to the palace of Joe Gibbs to uh, to get Gibbs' advice on how to get a quarterback. I mean, they, they, they could have been left with nothing. And could they have been patient and tried to pursue Matt Ryan? Maybe. But they were so desperate to have somebody, they wound up with a guy who's been thrown out of two cities in two years. So when I, I, when I read that Kime piece, and it said that you know uh, to do their due diligence, uh, mm-hmm. Rivera and company went to fly down, fly down to Charlotte to talk to Gibbs for they said almost half a day. <laughs> Whoopity doody da! They said they talked about quarterbacks for quote almost two hours unquote, <laughs> and I'm like whoopity doo da day. And then I'm thinking, what does Joe Jackson Gibbs bless his heart know about the modern? NFL quarterback. Not Nothing. That. He thought Brunel was a good answer at quarterback. Right. Here, here's, here's my take on Joe Gibbs. He's the guy you want to coach your player, not pick your player. Amen. Because, because when he had his opportunities to pick players, he didn't do well with that. No. Uh, you know, it was Bobby Bethard lost a power struggle with Gibbs. And Gibbs had a lot more say over personnel. And he drafted Desmond Howard, trading two number ones to move up to the four spot, saying that they had found no weaknesses with him. Well, right. other than the fact, Joe, you know, he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage because he was a shrimp, uh, there were yeah. weaknesses w- with him. And and as far as the quarterbacks go, he inherited Joe Theismann. Uh, he took Doug Williams when nobody else wanted him. Yeah. And Williams had a miraculous run and had one of the great Super Bowl performances of all time. Mark Rippon was a sixth-round pick, not taken by Gibbs, taken by Beathard. He managed to coach him up to be very, very good for one year with a team that had a great offensive line and a defense. And other than that, you know, what, what did he do with quarterback? Jay Schrader was the third-round pick, had one good year. You know, he, he doesn't know about picking quarterbacks. He knows right. about coaching them. Right. Meanwhile, in in controversies that only make sense to you and I and those who have been Redskin fans and faithful to RFK over the years, it, this makes no sense to anybody, but we're going to try to explain it. Apparently, FedEx Field has lost their Budweiser sign and their Budweiser sponsorship in one of the two end zones. Tell me mm-hmm. why you think this is significant. Well, they, this is the third sponsorship that they've lost. Uh, one of them is Innova, and the other is like some medical company, and they're both local and they're small. This is a major sponsorship, and it's a sponsorship that goes back with the team probably 50 years because the Budweiser sign in the RFK end zone was iconic. Oh, yeah. And so now, and so now you have a major sponsor for both the league and now a team they're staying with 26 other teams in the league but they're dropping them have you heard of any other team being dropped by a major sponsor like that 
No, no. I have not. And yeah. it tells and, you that the bleeding continues. And if, and, God and, forbid, they don't win nine or ten games with Carson Wentz, it'll keep getting worse. Right. And, and, and also, if you're looking to replace them, can Miller afford to do that? Can Coors afford to do that? They'll get some local brewery and make it seem like, you know, they're they're moving in another direction. But reality is they're they're toxic. And I, I think the other owners have to look at him and say he is bad for business. Right. Now, I, I don't think they're gonna force him out because they knew they know he's got dirt on all of them and they'll they'll put together lawsuits and, and sue everybody. But this is this is the NFL. They drop people. They don't get dropped. <laughs> and and so yeah. somebody like Budweiser saying, we don't want a part of this franchise. Can you imagine? A beer company doesn't want a part of an NFL that is, franchise. That is crazy to think about. And you're right. It's, it's something that I have not heard of. And if you're the commanders and you know you're about to lose this big account and this big sign, you better have whoever's replacing them to go right away. So it doesn't look as bad for you that you can say, well, they're out, but guess who's in? And it better right. be somebody that we've heard of, not a fishinglures.com website kind of exactly. sponsor. And also, shouldn't they have had a sense that Budweiser was going to drop and drop them first? They, you know, yeah. and make it make it seem like, oh, well, we surveyed our fans and they didn't really like Budweiser products and, you yeah. know. All that, all the things that you could have done. Instead, they put out a statement saying, "Oh, there's a great opportunity for an alcohol sponsorship with our team." Oh, we're looking well, to refresh the alcohol category. The, ver- right. the alcohol vertical for uh, young adult males is very hot, yeah. and we're looking forward to a brand new sponsor. If you would like to sponsor it, call us. We have affordable rate packages. Yeah, Jeez. this 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 goes with with Jason Wright saying not after they changed the name of the team that their season ticket. Uh, uh, purchases Base. went up 80 percent, eighty percent, eighty percent, and the place really. is still freaking empty. Yeah, well, if they had ten thousand season ticket holders, they could yeah. add another eight thousand. That's eighty percent, and they'd yeah. still be way short of the sixty seventy thousand they need. Okay, how many teams in the league do you think have an eighteen thousand season ticket base? Jacksonville. I don't know. I I would love to know that. The teams seem to keep that pretty close to the vest. Well, they used to claim that they had a 200,000-seat waiting list. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Not that long ago. Oh, my God. That They could have built three stadiums on top of each other, and they would still all be sold out with season ticket holders. Oy. Okay, uh, Kevin Willard is your new head coach at the University of Maryland. You did not go to Maryland, but this is the college basketball program of record for one Andy Poland. How do you feel about the Seton Hall <laughs> sideline boss who's going to get a deal for about $4.5 million per year that puts him in the top 15 or so of D1 men's basketball coaches? I look at this like they got rid of Mark Turgeon for Mark Turgeon. Another I mean, one, right? Yeah, you look at his record, it's very similar. Uh, similar age coming in. Turgeon was in his mid-40s. Uh, Willard has never been out of the second round of the tournament. He's had good teams at Seton Hall, but you know, you make your mark in March and he really hasn't done much. So I don't really see this. Um, Damon Evans is the athletic director. He didn't hire Mark Turgeon. Turgeon was not his guy. He didn't support him. This is his guy. Let's see what happens. But this is not a splash as far as I'm concerned. Do you remember how mad you and Sheehan got at me when I poo-pooed the Turgeon hiring? 
and I said it was a meh minus hiring. You guys were mm-hmm. mad at me. Can you now well, at least admit this is the kind of coach your beloved program can get? Because Patino turned you down even before you asked him. And yeah. Sean Miller apparently is getting back in the game with, um, I think, Xavier. Xavier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sean Miller was the guy everyone wanted when Turge yeah. got hired and you couldn't land him. Well, apparently he wanted some academic, uh, you know, uh, leeways there that they well, weren't going to give it to him. him. You're know, Maryland. I know. You're not Harvard. I, I well, you know, and, and also uh, cheating ain't cheating anymore. So, right. you know, why not Why not try and lure uh, Kelvin Sampson, who well, got fired in a couple of places for cheating, but <laughs> wins wherever he goes. No, you're right. That's another possibility. Here's the thing, though, I think is the bigger thing. Forget who you get as coach. I mean, that's important, but it's not the most important thing. Maryland better get its nil money program tight and right because this is the new warfare in college athletics, and if you are not – up to speed quick, you're going to get left behind. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, there's two things. One, you need to have that, you know, as a high priority. And and Gary Williams, I even heard suggest this on his podcast, that they hire an assistant coach whose job is specifically to find NIL deals for incoming players. Yeah. Wow. And, and as far as recruiting goes, I wouldn't even spend time on high school players anymore. I, I, I just really. Take transfer portal guys. Well, yeah, look, isn't look that isn't that at some point going to close the transfer portal? I don't know. Iowa State won two games last year. They're in the Sweet Sixteen this year, and they got four four transfers. What does that tell you? Yeah, that's the way to go. Get guys who yeah. know how I can play. You know who would love to coach college basketball right now? Joe Gibbs, because Joe Gibbs loved <laughs> buying free agents because he said, "Yep, yeah, well, we know they can play at this level." <laughs> Yeah, and we we well, tried to explain to Joe. Yeah, they kind of can play, but they also have gotten their last big contract, so they probably don't give a shit anymore. See Brandon well, Lloyd as one prime example. Well, also teams don't get rid of players they don't want to get rid of. That's but true. There's also a salary cap in the NFL. There ain't no salary cap in college basketball. No, so there's bring sure them isn't. in, and, and and the guy who's getting an eight million NIL deal to play college football, the five star right. recruit. Uh, just wait till Arch Manning comes along and says, yeah, I might bring my uncles in to do a few commercials with me. Hey, what do you think of that? Yeah. All <laughs> right. Uh, Rex Chapman's a disaster. When are they going to oh, pull yeah. the plug on him? Oh, God. Do, do they even have tryouts before they do these things? I mean, I know he's sort of made a mark for himself on uh, Twitter with his uh, you know, memes. His, yes, his videos yeah, and memes, meme. which he doesn't even create. He just pulls them from various accounts. Some people call him a content thief. I think that's a bit overblown. Everyone steals everyone's shit on Twitter, but there's nothing original about it, and he's terrible on TV. Uh, forget yeah. any of the po- political angles. It's just he's a, he's a hillbilly talker, bad teeth, weird look, dumb glasses, and then he killed Pete Gillen when Pete Gillen works <laughs> for CBS. <laughs> That's my move, Andy. Killing people who are still alive in sports. I know, I know. That was that was no. He and not only that, he's not prepared when they go to him. He's very halting. He they, interrupts, they, they, you know, the train yeah. of thought of uh, his co-hosts. Oh, yeah, but yeah. guess the what? Thing, they, they looked at the 1.2 million Twitter followers and thought this is gold. Yep, yep, this yep, will be yep. 
that's exactly right. Probably, probably some guy in his sixties doesn't really even understand Twitter that well, but just looks at the numbers and says, "Yeah, we got to put him on." Dipshit you know? program directors. That is a dipshit yeah. PD move, if ever I saw one. Uh, real quick, Mike Francesa is going to be doing a podcast two times Again? a week for Bet Rivers, a gambling Good. podcast. Does Francesa enjoy gambling on sports, Andy? Well, he owns racehorses. I'm just kidding. Of course, his picks have been legendarily bad. Oh yeah, over yeah, no, the years. Terrible. But he's there terrible you go. over that. Yeah, but and, yeah, yeah I mean, he was bored, so somebody gave him a gig. And then Sue Palka, who is yeah. one of the most, the nicest person in DC television ecosystem, and maybe in ever, is announced that she is retiring from doing weather on Channel Five. Andy, it's a tough one, isn't it? It is. Uh, she's she's going to appear from time to time doing feature stories, but she has been a mainstay as the top weather person in D.C. for over 30 years. And you're right. She's as nice as possibly she could be. And uh, what's she going to do? Just enjoy her retirement? Yeah, she's got grandchildren. and uh, But she, she will do part-time work uh, on Channel 5, but the nightly weather gig is over, sadly. And uh, she's she's been great. Just tremendous. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's too bad. All of the people we grew up with, Andy, are fading away or retiring. Yeah, Pretty I think soon Doreen, that'll be us. Doreen Gensler, I think, is the only major name who's had a long run yeah. on DC television. You know? Hey, have you ever done what I did today while here on this golf trip? I got What's a that? car wash for our rental car. Why'd you do that? Because I drove under some golf course sprinklers that left mm. a residue of of sprinkler drops that was bugging the shit out of me as we were driving up to scenic Utah to play golf today. Mm. Have well, you ever washed like you, it's a rental car? Why would you spend one red nickel on washing a rental car? I insisted to my guys today. I'm like, we gotta pop in. This is killing me. These spots on the windshield. Wow. Never no, done I, it? I, I, no, no, I, I'm a, you know, I, you don't I, rent cars in my life. life. I've, I've rented maybe a hundred cars total in my life. If that, so, yeah. yeah. And nowadays, yeah. if you get sent somewhere to cover something, it's all Uber anyway. You're not running. Yeah, right, right. I usually hitch a ride. I, I, I was so afraid of driving places before I got ways that yeah. I would do anything to avoid renting a car. <laughs> All right. Andy, great to talk to you. Thank you for your time. Off to bed you go. We'll chat next week. All right, Zach. Take All right, care. see it. There you go. All right. That's a wrap for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and downloading and spreading the word. Rate and review tickles the algorithmic overlords. If you want to subscribe, helps the podcast grow and thrive, and I do appreciate it. Your $5 a month is not taken for granted. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow. Out of New Jersey, from Courtney B, telling me about a party up in NYC.